We open at street level. A building outwardly comprised of glossy steel and glass spirals endlessly upward. Our next panel brings us to its roof. In all directions, we see nothing but sky. No other building tops. No birds. From the edge of the panel, we hear, Hello, Horizon City! And our attention is brought to a short, wispy man with bushy red hair, a wide smile, wearing an outdated tweed suit. This is intrepid reporter Chucky Legato, coming in from atop the city's highest skyscraper, none other than the Kismart Building. Quite a windy one, eh, Jimmy? The panel reverses, and we focus on a young, wide man wearing an oversized Horizon Howlers t-shirt. He holds a small camera in his left hand, pointed directly at Legato. He's barely able to catch his baseball cap before a freak gust of wind blows it from his head. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess. Legato licks his upper teeth. His gaze sets on something in the distance and his eyebrows arch. From his perspective, we see a dark speck among the surrounding clouds. Look there, Jimmy! Is that a falling star? An angel descending from the heavens? No, I think not. Why, it's none other than... Boom! Legato and his cameraman stagger. As they regain balance, we find now a woman floats a few feet from the edge of the building. Her outfit's a covering of flexible and metallic materials, dark blues and violets, doing little to conceal her muscular physique. As she hovers, her long black hair flutters in the wind, and we see that her hair isn't just black. It absorbs light, casting the upper half of her body in a constant shadow. Andromeda, says Legato as he steps aside so Jimmy can get a clear shot. The hero holds Legato in her gaze. Her pupils glow white. Garbage, Chucky. This script you sent me? Maybe this sort of crap works with Mr. Miracle, but seriously? Hello, Horizon City. I'm Andromeda, and you might remember me from amazing and intergalactic acts of heroism such as the Bone Saga. Are you kidding me? First off, Bone Saga sounds like porn. Second, Legato clears his throat. Uh, Andromeda, we, we are streaming, you know, live. Second... She reiterates the word in all caps. This bone saga was an extremely traumatic event, not just for me, but for a lot of people in Horizon City. Legato fiddles with his bow tie. Beads of sweat run down his face. Ah, uh, right, yeah, yes, of course, um, well, the, the city already knows who you are, we can, we can skip the introductions and go straight to... Andromeda's head turns, and she appears lost in thought, before turning back, not to Legato, but to the camera. Sorry, seems like someone needs my help. And with another, boom, Andromeda is gone. 
This time, the force of her speed knocks Legato to the ground. Jimmy asks, Uh, does this mean we're going to be fired? Matt, what are we playing today? Uh, Masks. Oh, I thought we were doing a Let's Play. No? No, we're done with that. Uh, No, the Marvel, the new Marvel game comes out in a little bit. We'll play it. We'll play it then. (laughs) Don't make promises that we are both unwilling to keep, that I am unwilling to keep. Formally, hello, Internet. I'm Chris, otherwise known as Critically Accursed on the Internet. And this is Horizon, a game of masks, the tabletop RPG in the powered by the apocalypse system. You know the bit by now if you've listened to the first two issues. If you haven't listened to the first two issues, I don't know why you skipped to the third, but it's probably because Matt's the best of them. Speaking of Matt, you're Matt. Me, Matt. Yep. Me, Matt. Tell, tell me a thing or two about you. Who are you? Why are you the best? If they're here, they already know who I am. <laughs> that's that's legitimate. <laughs> that That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, one of the, I guess, one of the original three members of the Critically Accursed team. Right, right. We don't talk about the third member who mysteriously vanished and will never resurface. He's dead. It's fine. Yeah. Speaking of, those hands were delicious. They were very tasty. Yes. Mm-mm. Moist. <laughs> Moist, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you just triggered so many people. Uh, <laughs> no, disgusting. don't turn us off yet. I'm no, that's sorry, disgusting. Internet. We'll never say moist again. This is a train wreck. We need to restart. Okay, Hello, restart. Internet. Hold I'm on. Gonna... Wait, no, hold on. Sink. There you go. Nailed it. All right, we'll start from here. Matt, you and I are recording an intro in post for your prelude. The prelude is very exciting. We promise we are not lying. You should totally listen to it. It's very good. It's very exciting. I enjoyed playing it a lot, and I assume, Matt, you also enjoyed the prelude experience. Oh, great time. Great time. Yeah. So speaking of this game running, you are playing the playbook, the Janus. And can you tell me what the what themes does the Janus bring to the table? The Janus really likes to focus on the dichotomy between a hero's superhero identity and their secret identity. And it's the only playbook that really hones in on that. All the other ones are pretty much like, you're a hero, you're going out doing hero stuff, or you're maybe not so much a hero. This is the one that really focuses in on that balance. Yeah, there, there's, I mean, there's a special section in the Janus playbook where you choose a handful of obligations that you still have to uphold in the story. Uh, if you do, if you continue to maintain those things are fine, but you can take penalties uh, to a certain label. If you start to slack on some of those responsibilities, it, it, it really does try to focus in on the, like the, the more mundane side of the uh, superhero life that gets overlooked sometimes in comic comic books. If we had to kind of draw a comparison between the Janus playbook and some well-established heroes that exist in these fictional universes in our world, what are some heroes that kind of embody the Janus playbook? It's Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Oh, really? Just like that? I guess in a, I guess in a sense, Miles, like Miles too, Spider-Man in general. Like I said, like I said, when you when you establish your secret identity, you have to choose between a list of jobs, certain school things, certain home responsibilities, or certain social responsibilities. 
And that's just Peter Parker being the photographer, you know, his relationships with Mary Jane and his Aunt May, like him trying to dedicate himself to science as well. And I mean, even when he's younger, his schoolwork. So yeah, I think Peter Peter Parker's Spider-Man is probably the most apt. But I guess you do see some of this in, like, I guess a little bit Batman, with him trying to, like, balance wing corp and stuff like that but he always pushes that off onto somebody else it's not as it's not as important yeah and i think anyone who like reads the playbooks in this when they get to the janus they'll immediately think of peter parker yeah spider-man well not necessarily peter parker as you said but spider-man and spider-man spider-man in general um yeah so i'm excited to see what sort of adventures your janus gets into in this prelude Matt, is there anything, uh, last, last things you want to say before I close out the intro and let these guys listen to a fun story? You know, um, just have fun listening to it. If you have any feedback, let us know. I, I think that in the this prelude, we start to sow the seeds a little bit of my character's struggle between maintaining home life and superheroing. It'll be a fun adventure regardless. So without further ado... Here's the Janus Prelude, issue number three Smoke. of our grand <laughs> issue number three of our uh, tabletop RPG podcast, which is all the rage these days. <laughs> Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> So to set it up and reestablish it, this game takes place in a futuristic setting. The year is 2172 as of official game starts. It is Horizon City, a city built from the ground up and holds very closely and embodies very modern futuristic ideas of technology, science and culture. In that respect, what I've been doing when I've been doing these preludes, Matt, you're the third person to run through a prelude, is I've asked everyone to give me one interesting fact about maybe the city or maybe just the state of the world in general, but I'm kind of mostly looking for the city. Something, maybe an interesting scientific or technological advancement that's commonplace, some sort of cultural aspect, just an interesting tidbit to add to the setting lore. I don't know how they managed to do it, but I'm just going to throw in there. I think the, the major problem of a lot of cities that everyday people face is public transit. They, they fixed it. Be it more efficient trains, better buses. Hell, the, the trains can even be, what are they, the magnet trains or whatever that like lift off the ground. It could even be those. Yeah. Yeah, they've yeah, just yeah. fixed, they've fixed public transit. And right. I think that would make quality of life better for the the working class and everybody who uses public transit in a giant metropolis like that. Yeah, so uh, Horizon City has a flawless public transport system. Everyone has yeah. access to it and can get to wherever they need to go at any point without problem. You're you're welcome, Horizon City. the the biomes are, The biomes are cute, but <laughs> but me, Matt's here solving real problems the public trail alex and i but <laughs> yeah alex, you and alex solving the real problems their cities are great huh yeah yeah the city's awesome 
in order to get started, I need an idea of what the day-to-day life for Pep looks like. And I think in best to kind of frame this, the time period that I'm interested in focusing on for the sake of this prelude to get an insight into who this character is and the drama that surrounds them, I want to focus on the time surrounding or right around the time that Pep came to the decision to be like, okay, I have these powers. Why don't I put on a mask and start, you know, helping out around the city? When is that? How old is he when that moment comes? Probably about 13, 14 years old. I'd assume around 13. He had probably known about his powers for a little bit. He probably spent a lot of time getting used to it because I'm sure just like functionally his life changed with the ability to absorb energy. He probably uh, realized he doesn't need to sleep as much because he can just store it up. And also he just keeps saving, you know, reserves of energy from doing mundane tasks. He's just absorbing that energy back into himself like a human battery. Right kick this thing off real proper let's let us actually define what sort of job he does at 13 he's just making deliveries he could even he could even work under the table for like a pizza place or something there we go i think that's it (laughs) Uh, pizza place do you have an interesting pizza place name mushroom kingdom family owned and operated for over 100 years yeah i hear it originated in baton rouge the national chain it can't yeah, no. be a national chain. No, it's got to be a mom and pop shop. <laughs> they relocated. They re- they relocated. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's fine. You. So, Pep work at thirteen. Pep works under the table as a delivery person for the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Now, what I want is to. I asked you what the daily routine looks like, but I kind of want to play through it in the sense of I I want to play through it by describing a day in the life of James Pepper in terms of comic book panels. Paint me a few like panels and take me from point A to point Z. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Panel one focuses in on alarm clock reading 530. Probably next panel is him tapping the alarm clock waking up, getting out of bed. He'd go through, take a shower, go downstairs, probably get breakfast ready for his younger brother, does any homework he has left over, make sure his brother did his homework. They probably sit down, watch some future cartoons, and then uh, head off to school. What sort of cartoons exist in the future? What, what, what is the image that's on the TV in that panel? I assume at this point it's still Dragon Ball Z. It's still Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball God X, whatever. (laughs) It's something crazy. Goku's basically (laughs) immortal at this point. But I assume it's still Toriyama is somehow still making. uh, They've taken his brain and put it into a jar. (laughs) (laughs) Attached it to a computer. Yeah, that's canon. It's canon. You just added more to the setting canon. Congratulations. So, yeah, so we get like one panel, like I'm imagining looking at you and your brother sitting on the couch or whatever, watching Dragon Ball Mega Ultra Super Deluxe Edition on the TV early. (laughs) But then like the next panel is a frontal shot of the two of you. Can you give me like an actual description of you and your brother? 
light mixed skin tone. Pep probably has shaggy, like reddish brown hair. Aver- probably like average build for kids for the both of them. Uh, younger brother, he's probably 10 at that point. So he probably, bunch of freckles, probably redder hair than Pep. They both have same green eyes that they got from their mother, we'll say. Nice. And they're like striking. They're like, like they're like vibrant green. Not like the, the like olive Yeah. So I imagine like the panel's still a little dim because it's early morning. But like even in that, it's like the green eyes catches anyone's attention immediately when they like look at that panel. After the morning routine at the Pepper households, what are the next few panels? Probably biking to school. I, I do like the, the idea of his panels actually showing like the energy that's like given off by his pedaling, reabsorbing like into the soles of his feet. So he, he takes it, he's taking the, the energy giving off by the bicycle and just repurposing that back into himself. Next scene, him showing up to school, probably like locking the bike, somebody shouting from like out of frame, like, Hey, Pat, is he like waves? No, actually, this is probably him dropping the, sorry, let's backtrack. Save that panel. <laughs> the panel before that's him dropping his brother off to the middle school and him saying like racia and then like letting his brother win. Oh, yeah. I, I could imagine that being like in a very endearing series of maybe like three panels. Yeah. Where like the, the two of you are like moving at the same pace. And then uh, it'll do like a close up of him, like tapping his brake slightly to slow the bike down. Right, right. So he lags behind just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, the the last panel is his brother, his younger brother, like winning and like super pumped about that. Pat clearly like smiling behind him, like like a knowing, like let you win kind of thing. Right. And Robbie's having just like the time of his life. Like he doesn't even notice. He's just like happy to be doing something well. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. to be winning. And then um, then we can go back to the Pep showing up to school, locking up the bike, somebody yelling like, hey, Pep, from the, the other side of the panel. And then mm-hmm. having like a couple like nondescript kids come up and then his friend uh, George or Greg, Greg, <laughs> Greg, it's Greg, Greg, <laughs> yeah. uh, Greg Spears. I knew I knew I was wrong when I said it. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sure he doesn't mind. So, uh, yeah, what, what sort of uh, friend is Greg? He's probably the techy, smart computer friend. He's probably the one that helped me build the suit. And was Perfect. just like, you know what would be awesome? LEDs everywhere. Cool. So then probably just a few panels of uh, him and probably even Greg, you know, just like in school, doing class, you know, hitting gym. Yeah, mundane school stuff. It could even be just the one. It would probably only be like half a page, really doing gym and it's like oh he's surprisingly athletic the weird gym coach is like why don't you try out for one of the teams and he's just like (laughs) i got money to make so it's probably just like a couple of panels one to show that he's actually like paying attention and working hard in school Mm -hmm. and then the other one to show off you know his uh prowess and athleticism yeah he probably you could show one of him like writing like super fast uh like taking down a lot of notes another one of him like doing sports again to show that you know he he's pretty athletic and then yeah i I think that's pretty good a couple other ones of him going through class maybe even one in the lunchroom of him just like housing food 
<laughs> right, right. I can't. Ima- I can't imagine in twenty one seventy three we would still charge children money for food every day. Uh, well, that's yet to be uh, defined. So <laughs> I'll define it right now. We don't charge thirteen right. year olds money. So at the end of the school day, going to work. What What are these panels leading up? Going to work. Probably him like unchaining his bike, heading to the middle school to pick up his brother dropping his brother off home saying I'll be home at like seven. That's probably a good time for him to get home. The part of the panel will probably be his younger brother asking like, is dad supposed to be home tonight? Pap saying like, no, I don't think so. He's supposed to come back on Thursday. Like the, the panel that follows immediately thereafter is just like Robbie, like looking down and going like, Oh, right. Ellipses. (laughs) And then he like follows up by asking when you're going to be home that evening yeah pep would say you know seven o'clock i'll bring home dinner what do you want on the pizza he says the mushroom special okay (laughs) (laughs) and then uh yeah yeah that's that'll be the uh pizza he definitely brings home later in the comic Mm -hmm. yeah it's they they put mushroom into the uh the the pizza crust the pizza dough that's the weirdest (laughs) i love mushrooms (laughs) weird stuff crust cool and then going to work and then, you know, typical him racing around the city on a bike, delivering pizzas. Maybe like an exterior shot of the Mushroom Kingdom and like him pulling up or around like the back with his bike. And then the next panel is like him pulling away with like a stack of or like a bag full of pizzas or whatever. But yeah, the the pizza bag, he has like three like full of the uh, the warming bags. The owner probably feels a little bit weird hiring like a 13 year old, but you're just so damn good at it. Like you do. So, you carry so many pizzas and you're never really late. You get so you can play it one of two ways. Either the owner's like a little weird by it, but like I'm a good worker and he keeps it or he just assumes I'm 16. There, there'll be a panel in a future comic where he's just like, you're 16, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just like a few fun panels of him basically turning the city into his bicycle playground i guess oh yeah taking his bike off of some sweet jumps to cut down delivery time spinning the bike around like a boss so this bicycle it's obviously important to pap it's his primary mode of transportation i was thinking about this earlier what what do you think 150 years from today from our time what are bicycles like I mean, I'd assume they're relatively the same. You really can't get past the standard structure of a bicycle and improve it much more. There's probably some extra like bells and whistles built into bikes by then. They probably have bikes that can have GPS and stuff like that on it. Or at least like, I mean, now they have bikes where you can like dock like your cell phone or whatever to it. Yeah, like smart bikes, you know, they all have access to Wi-Fi and can sync with your phone and probably have little screens. Is Peps that fancy or is he like real retro? Greg really helped him uh, trick out his bike. So so he doesn't have anything that's necessarily store-bought. It's probably an older bike that's been souped up by his nerdy best friend. Yeah, from like parts and stuff like that that they've found or like saved up for. I like that. Nice. And then towards the end of like this first section of his uh, first comic is the return trip home, you know, after getting paid for a night's work, bring home the uh, mushroom special pizza pizza. And is it just like him and his younger brother on the couch again, watching cartoons in the evening? Yeah, or playing video games or something like that. 
it'll be like two boxes of pizza in the middle of the table, both of them sitting there doing homework and eating at the same time, mm-hmm. and then cut over to like them like playing video games. That section probably ends on a few panels with like just them messing around and playing video games. So I think on one of these particular days, it starts off pretty much the same um, as common routine. Your dad's still out doing his delivery jobs. It, it sounds like he's basically a, the equivalent of a trucker. You know, he's gone for extended periods of times and then he comes back for a little while and then he leaves again. So the, the day starts with making breakfast, waking up your brother, eating with him, watching some super futuristic Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> As you guys are finishing off your breakfast, he he asks you this morning because apparently he just never really quite remembers for some reason. But he asks you, hey, Pep, and he's still just like looking at his breakfast, not really looking at you. When's dad coming home? We talked about this, but Thursday. Oh, yeah. OK. Why? What's up? He, he shrugs and just like plays with his food a little bit. He says, well, he's never home. Yeah, he's working. And the last time he was home, he, he said he'd take us to see a movie and he just he, he slept the whole time. Well, you know, he works weird hours and he's always on the road. Well, you work weird hours, but you still hang out with me. Yeah, I'm a kid. I think I think we have a more uh, more energy than uh, older people. He should get a job closer then. if he could find one. He just kind of like nods and it picks at his food a little bit, but takes a few more bites. Why don't we see if we can find any jobs online that are closer and we can put them into a file and give them to them, the, the job listings. You think that'll work? Maybe dad just doesn't know the jobs that are out there. Uh, Robbie's already like fumbling around to grab his phone to, to pull up the internets, the future internets. <laughs> I imagine uh, the the next panel would be like him, like on it, and then just like looking up and just being like, "How do we find a job?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's like a panel between of him, like like just like tapping on the phone, <laughs> tapping like excessively on the phone. Yeah, and then he looks up and he's like, "How do you find a job?" <laughs> right, right, right. We, we cut to you guys actually like on your way to school. You you both have bikes from the sounds of it. Yeah, something you raced before. So he he's still like glancing at his phone he's like riding the bike slow but he's still like trying to use the phone at the same time otherwise you'll drop him off at school just fine and he he says uh you know I, when i when i get a chance i'm going to keep looking and you should too and then maybe we could uh write down what we both find tonight when you get back from work i like that idea we'll we'll get we'll get it all ready for him and give it to him maybe if we both ask he'll take us out to go see that new transformers movie that they just rebooted Robbie's eyes narrow, super serious like, and he's like, you think so? I think if we both ask, he definitely would. Hell yeah. I mean, heck yeah. And he gives you a firm nod. Pop will like reach out his reach out his fist for a fist bump and say, I got to get going, though. I'm going to be late. Yeah, he, he gives you a super bro fist bump and <laughs> you can be on your way. <laughs> Pop's not going to be late. He's just going to race there being faster. But he'll um, yeah, he, he'll get to school like relatively on time probably yeah yeah no problem 
Yeah, you, you speed your way there, a few panels of you just, again, just racing through the streets and kind of pushing it a little bit. Probably that that aura we described, you know, the first time, um, maybe like extends a little bit further up the body as you're, you know, standing up and pedaling and stuff like that. Weaving through traffic and... Yeah, and there's at least one panel where like an asshole driver is like halfway out the window with his fist in the air, just <laughs> like yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. You get to school, like you said, just fine. And as you like lock up the bike and begin moseying on in, a arm gets flung around your shoulder as you walk in through the front door. And it's it's Greg. It's your buddy, Greg. He must have been waiting for you. And he's like, hey, man, I'll give him like a playful like punch in the ribs and just being like, you scared the hell out of me. He winces. It's like, ah, you practice fighting or something that hurt. Uh, yeah, all the time I have uh, between studying, coming to school, and working a job, I have to uh, train him fighting. He smiles and he like snaps his finger and points at you and says, you know, I might just have something that could really help you out with your time management, Pep. I've been working on something. And he like waggles his eyebrows. <laughs> uh, there'll be the, the panel of like the like three ellipses and then like Pep like raising his eyebrow to him the panel that follows that is him like leaning in and whispering something to pep obviously it's not something the reader gets to see we can backtrack if necessary but i almost want the next panel to be cutting to the like after school or like sometime after school with uh him standing next to your bike like just gesturing at it like ta-da and there's nitro canisters attached to the like rear wheel <laughs> uh yeah pep just sitting there with like his arms folded or, or his arms crossed just like shaking his head and he just goes i don't know man i don't think this is gonna work come on man give it a try you know what fine yeah it'll be fine you 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 know what you're doing right have i ever not known what i was doing there, there could be a, a flashback panel to uh they're working on something and it just like smokes rising out of it and a small fire starts. So, yeah, he, he's still like, uh, I imagine that Pep like flashes back to the moment, but Greg still has this yeah. like shit eating grin and his arms are crossed all triumphantly. <laughs> yeah. And then he's and then he's just like, that doesn't count. Like, <laughs> Pep doesn't have to say anything, but it cuts back and Greg's just like, that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he gestures once again at the bike and he's like. They're already on there. You may as well make use of them, you know? I'm not taking them off. So how do I activate the rockets? I'm glad you asked. When you're riding the bike, what you have to do is you have to say, rockets, activate. It's a spoken word. It's a, it's a spoken uh, activation. Yeah, I figured that'd be most convenient, you know, because all of your other like limbs are busy you're biking. And he does this like biking motion with like most of his limbs. <laughs> have you ever ridden a bike? I've seen people ride bikes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he <left>. So <laughs> we've said rockets activate four times now and they didn't yeah. activate. Oh, the, the bike has to be in motion. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm smart. He like points at his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, you may as well make use of them because in the time it spent me to put these on, I'm pretty sure you're running late for your job. Uh, yeah, he'll like look down. He'll like look at his phone, see that he's running like half an hour late now. Yeah, and then just like hop on and take off. And as he's taking off, like Greg's in the distance in the, one of those panels and like waving after him. 
t- saying good luck. <laughs> <laughs> or no, he's saying Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, what he's there saying. you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, do, you, do you use the rockets? Yeah, why not? Pep's probably like he probably there'll be like a panel where he like checks his phone again and there's like a a traffic jam up front or like up in front of him. He just like sucks his teeth and says rockets activate. And they certainly do. There's a like a sharp and then boom. (laughs) You just like rocket forward. So here's what I'm going to I'm going to do is I, I know that Pep has you know, at basically athleticism as a superpower, but he also has like energy absorption and a whole bunch of other stuff that I think really helps him manage like riding a bike. So considering you're running late and you kind of want to make up time in as much as you can, that's kind of like an obstacle. So I think we can actually make a role here to see how this plays out. The uh, role that I'm looking at is unleash your powers. When you unleash your powers, you're trying to overcome an obstacle, reshape your environment, or extend your senses. So what I'm going to have you do is you're going to roll 2d6, you're going to add your freak score, and you're going to tell me what you got. Tell you what I got. 10. Got 10. 10's a hit. Yeah. You do the thing. So, Matt, tell me what it, what it looks like for Pep to rocket bike his way through traffic to work. So they'll do the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll do the close-up panel of like his like cheeks like rippling like because yeah. he's going so fast uh his legs are probably like sticking out a bit because he's trying to like control the thing eyes are watering yeah and then eventually he just kind of takes the energy that's like coming out of the rockets and uses that to kind of regain balance and support himself. Like he's basically just manipulating the the energy around him and forcing it back down through the bike to stabilize it mm-hmm. as well as um to be able to control it a lot easier. So it's just a redistribution of energy from straight back to kind of like evening it out. Sounds like something that's kind of rather complicated and requires a fair bit of finesse. So I I think because this works out so well, it's really something that Pep might look upon as like, oh, maybe I actually get it now. Maybe this is it. Oh, yeah. Like it all like it's clicking. Right, right. Because it's all it's flawless. It's natural. Like you you hit that die roll. It's perfect. I mean, rocket biking through this city is probably one of the the (laughs) most intense and awesome things he's done. (laughs) He's actually now like five minutes early for work. Yeah, you're totally like five minutes early. And you uh, go to the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, park the bike, head in through the back. You, you hear like you pass by the manager door, the, the owner's like little office by the back door as you go. And you hear from that little office, the owner of Mushroom Kingdom, one uh, Mr. Mario, just like clear his throat and call up. Pep, Pep, is that you? Yeah. Uh, Pep's like texting too. Uh, he's probably texting Greg, just saying like, you almost killed me. <laughs> he he sent you back a dancing cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We still have dancing cat memes and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Mr. Mr. Mario from the office says uh 5 minutes before your shift. I thought you were going to run late. You're usually a little bit earlier than that. Uh yeah, there was a big traffic jam on uh 51st and 7th. There's an accident. 
All right. Well, uh, you know, good. I'm glad you made it on time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, Mario up front has the pizzas all ready for you to go for the evening or for like the next hour or so. We don't serve pizzas for the entire evening. That'd be ridiculous. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> we have a quota of pizzas. <laughs> all 53 pizzas for the entire evening are up front for you to drive around. Are all made at once. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Pep, Pep will say, uh, "I'll get right on it, Mister Mario." Sure, and yeah, his son Mario up front just like looks you over. He, he's maybe like four years older than you. Wait, are their first name? Is his first name Mario or is his last name Mario? Uh, his <laughs> so this kid's first name is Mario, and the owner's yeah. name is Mister Mario. Mister so Mario. Last name. So the yeah. last name. So yeah. the kid's name is Mario. Mario. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this will never die. This is no. eternal. <laughs> it's forever. It's forever now. It's canon. Mario Jr. Uh, like looks you over and he'll help you carry some of the pizzas out to your bike in the, the giant pizza bag or two and send you off into the city where we're probably treated to another nice montage of you riding around high on life delivering pizzas halfway through the shift so let's say you start working at what like five yeah probably about five five and maybe go to what eight three hours seven ish okay two two and a half hours you know you basically do maybe two or three rounds around and call it a night i I think you're riding around at the speed of sounds because you got places to go (laughs) and your uh fancy souped up smart bike gives you a little uh bing bong to signify that you've received a text message. Sure, I'll text and ride. <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> Live dangerously, die hard. Cool. It's a it's a text message from Robbie. It says all lowercase went to find job for dad. Bike stolen. Help. Probably like pull the bike off to the side. Say where are you? Yeah, and once you text back, it your phone starts ringing like he calls you. Yeah, I'll answer. I prob- there's probably like an earpiece that I have, so I'll start. I'll I'll like kick up and start riding again while while I talk to him. Yeah, and he immediately picks up and starts talking, and he he's obviously distressed. He says, uh, "I'm over by uh, Eastwood, and and I was ta- trying to find some guys who said that they, they they might have a job for dad and i i left my bike and now it's gone and i don't i don't know what to do okay settle down um i'm near there i'll be there in five minutes there's a slight pause and he just kind of says hurry please and you know that eastwood's like not a great part of town yeah but like the panel will just be like me hanging up like the little beat and then saying like, what the hell is he doing over there? As I, like... <laughs> as he says again, rockets activate. <laughs> sure. And this time, like, you hear the... of them start, but then it's like... and they don't kick off. Oh, it's a one-time use. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, that's what the that's what the thing said. That's what the speech bubble says. And then the next panel focuses on, in on the rocket to the right side of the bike. And it like starts looking like it's heating up. And I think Pep can feel the heat energy coming from it. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly say like rockets deactivate. (laughs) (laughs) 
continues to heat up, but the other one kicks off. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you st- <laughs> so you start spinning around in a circle and you're like oh dear god this other one's going to explode <laughs> what do you oh my god and then it flashed the next battle flashes over to younger brother just like sulking staring down at the he's ground. just like sitting, sitting on the curb like yeah. near a light near a bus stop just like sad and then the next panel it starts to rain <laughs> just over no, him, i'm just so. i'm spinning around it's doing the like cheek reverberating thing again <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to try to hop off the bike and kind of, like, gain control of it to, like, kick off the rockets, I guess. We could probably try to directly engage a threat and see what happens, which would be 2d6 plus your danger score. I got an 11. 4 and 6 plus 1. So with a 10 plus, you get to pick two of the following choices. The first one being resisting or avoiding their blows. The second one being taking something from them. The third one being create an opportunity for your allies, which not really there. And the last yeah. one is impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition, which doesn't apply because this is a bike. <laughs> <laughs> Probably take something from them. And by something, I mean the uh, dangerous rockets on the back of my bikes. You avoid taking damage. Like you get control of the bike and it doesn't whip into you or explode on you or anything like that. And you also can get the, yeah, you can get the rockets off. So describe to me that scene. He probably, as this thing's spinning out of control, kind of pushes the bike out in front of him. So he goes off the back and then he'll just stomp down with both feet on either side, probably around where like the pegs would be on a bike. I'm assuming that's around where the, uh, the rockets are. He'll just kick down and kick both rockets off of the bike. Yeah, totally. And it, they, they fly off and the one that was heating up like flies off, hits the ground, bounces and just pops. You know, it, it's, it's a small explosion. I mean, it's not, you know, it doesn't shake yeah. anything. But it definitely would have sucked to have been on the bike when it exploded and definitely would have damaged yeah. your bike. The other one, because I said it kicked off, so you kick it off, it lands on the ground, just like, like spins a little bit and then launches <laughs> off in a direction. And actually, uh, it launches off in a direction and crashes through someone's like side window on their car. It's parked on the street oh. and Uh-oh. the car starts the car alarm starts kicking off. Um oh boy. Uh he'll run over, grab his bike, run over to the car, grab his notebook out of his backpack, write down like his phone information, and stick it under the windshield wiper. And you hear from like the, the sidewalk down a ways, you hear a hey, hey, what are you doing? He'll put the the note and say, sorry about the window, I'll replace it. And then he'll leave his phone number and pedal away and you'll just be like, sorry, mister. And yeah, there's some, yeah, like, I don't know, guy in decent clothing just like waving after you and like running over towards the car as you pedal off. And he, he continues to yell, hey, hey, hey. But yeah, you, you pedal off. Yeah. And uh, you make your way over to... The bad side of town. Yeah, towards Eastwood, the bad side of town. Uh, it's a little bit of a decent hike from the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, I'm sure you're kind of huffing it, you know, it's your brother. So you definitely make decent time. But to, before you get into Eastwood proper, just kind of as you make your way out of like 
the Mushroom Kingdom is definitely not downtown. It's definitely outside of that area. Um, so maybe you have to pass through a few neighborhoods to get towards Eastwood. I, I think once the uh, the quality of living situations begin to degrade a little bit, and as the night starts, you know, actually coming in, and street lights kick on and all that fun stuff, you know, you passing by some uh, buses and there's a whole bunch of really happy people riding them. It looks like a great time just you know riding the bus these days biking down or like maybe even cutting through a side street just because you know it's a shortcut something catches your attention it's honestly a shrill cry scream um from maybe around the block is it like back the way i came or the way i'm going it's like if you're in the middle of this like shortcut between streets it's like to the right some ways you know it's like parallel to you Okay, uh, I'm going to head over that way and call my brother. He he picks up. He says, "What? what where are you?" Hey, Rob. Uh, tra- Robbie, traffic's a little backed up. I'm trying to get through, but it looks like there was an accident. Uh, d- where are you? I'm on. Uh, I'm by a bus stop on Dewitt. Do you have your bus pass from school? Don't be ridiculous. We can just board the buses now. It's all free. They don't... <laughs> oh, it's all free. Good. <laughs> yeah, That's how free. we perfected it, too. <laughs> Robbie, uh, get on the bus and get out of that part of town. Just head home, and I'll get your bike back. Uh, okay, I don't really know which way I'm going, but yeah, I, I could probably do it. I'll send you what bus to get on. Just follow the directions, okay? All right. And then uh, as I'm, like, riding over towards these screams, do I have time to, like, pull up just, like, the bus route information and send it to him? Uh, the scream is, like, right around the corner by this point. You totally do not. Okay, then I'll deal with this and then send him the, the bus route information. So you, you spin around the corner, you ride down the street just a little bit before you get to, like, uh, it, it's basically an alleyway between a couple of buildings, maybe residential buildings. Um, that don't necessarily look well-kept or even preoccupied at this point. And you ride up into the alleyway or near it. What, what is your approach, actually? The, you don't hear the screaming anymore so much, but, you know, the, the city noises are still there. So, And I imagine you're still a little bit flustered from just, like, all of this shit hitting the fan at the same time. Yeah, I will um, park the bike get off and probably hop up a fire escape to get a better like vantage point to see if I can find where the screams are coming from. So as you begin like moving to uh, approach a fire escape, um, you actually have to enter the alley a little bit to do so. And so once you like round that corner, it, it becomes pretty obvious like what's going on. You see a looks like a thin live like figure um, in a long coat on the ground, like one hand on the shoulders of a person, like holding them down, and the other hand with looks like a blade, um, like raised up. To add to the weirdness of this all, this individual in the coat, his head has just like stale bandaging wrapped all the way around it. So it's like yellowish bandaging from like age and not being cleaned. So I imagine the panel cut back, like close up on my face, like wide-eyed and then the next one's like narrow-eyed pep just screams hey you can't do that (laughs) there's another yelp from like the figure on the ground and the coated figure is like its hands moves from the shoulder to this person's mouth like stop them screaming 
and they're the hand carrying the blade just like goes a little limp and they like twist in your direction like they droop a little bit and turn towards you and you just hear says who uh me <laughs> what does that panel look like <laughs> um it's probably Pat, like, looking around. Like, there'll be one panel where he, like, looks to the side of him, another where he looks to the other side, and then he looks back and he just goes, me. I assume that, the like, the bike helmet he wears for, like, particularly, like, this comic book would mm-hmm. look somewhat similar to what his superhero helmet ends up being. Yeah, I was really hoping this encounter would be, like, to kind of, like, force you to decide if you go unmaskless or not, but I like that so much that totally... Yeah, so it's definitely like a rudimentary, like half face covering helmet, which makes sense considering how fast Pep tends to go on his bike. He probably had Greg like, he's like, can we get like, could you put like a visor on this? For sure. Um, that kind of retcons the eye watering thing with the rockets, but whatever, you know. Oh, even <laughs> I think from I think from the force you still. Oh, would. yeah. Just like shaking and stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The bandaged man just like real quickly seems to grip this person's face and with a quick jut bashes their head against the ground and they go limp and he like snakes his way uh, like standing up straight and you see this person's over six feet tall i like to think the the like a side panel like viewing the thing of like him standing like well over six feet tall and then like pep probably like some yards away like staring up at him like a good profile of the both of them you know i want to pull back just a little bit he definitely does that, but instead of like he knocks out the person, but instead of leaving them on the ground, his hand is still wrapped around their face and he hoists them up with him. And he says, so you're going to stop me. You could see he has this blade ready to plunge into this person's chest or throat. What do you do? I think I'm going to use game face. Because I'm going to take this guy down. Actually, I'm going to commit myself to save this person. Mark a condition. I think the condition I'll take is afraid. Because that seems to fit right now. So let me ask something real quick. So he's putting on his game face. You know, he's decided because you have two choices with game face. Defeat the enemy or save the person. That's what you dedicate yourself to. Is there like a, a panel... Or a little bit, or maybe like an inner dialogue, like a thought bubble that portrays him deciding, oh, like, I need to save this person. He'll probably say, like, in a thought bubble, this this guy looks like he's more than a normal person. So I'm going to have to get her away from him. Oh, yeah. So it's the the hero inner monologue of like, oh, I need to do this. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Nice. Okay. Yeah. So what's up? What are we doing? What's the game plan? I think he's going to want to try to get the guy to drop her and focus more on him. So I guess to like provoke him a bit. Yeah. What is, uh, how does that look like? How does he do that? He'll probably, uh, like as the guy like hoists up the woman, like holds like the, the knife up to her throat. Pep will say, is that how you get off? You like beating up women? Why don't you pick on somebody your own size? 
even though Pep's clearly probably like a foot shorter than this guy. Yeah, and then the next panel goes back to that like side-by-side view where he's clearly yeah. shorter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Yeah, um, that's fine. So what you want him to do is to drop the person and like just like focus yeah. on taking you. Okay, great. Um, so that will be a superior role. Uh, so 2d6 plus superior. Are you going to affirm your heroic identity at this point? I, while he probably doesn't have a name yeah he can he'll he can affirm his heroic identity so yeah if you want to be like oh uh, you know just like a little bit in the back of his head or something it's like i'm doing hero stuff this is me i'm gonna do this you know i'm the hero here yeah then by all means swap your mundane with your savior score just erase what you have and circle the new ones and then give me this roll sure uh and the roll i got was a 12 12 if it, if i get the plus three yeah um what you do let's see on 10 plus they rise to the bait and do what you want uh so yeah that's just a flat benefit so his head just juts to the sides and he tosses this woman's like limp body just to the ground at his side and he says oh i don't see anyone my size around but I guess you can do. And he just like with these ridiculously long, lanky strides charges at you with this knife. And as he, as he closes in, there's another panel that zooms in on him a little bit. And he just says, I'll just kill her when I'm done with you. It's a good villain thing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> no sympathy for this villain. He's just a killer. <laughs> Probably. He's, just a murderer yeah it's the it's the head wound dead giveaway well as he closes in you can see that underneath the coat the rest of his body is also bandaged up like this oh gross yeah uh he like he's wearing boots that don't seem to fit right but everything is just wrapped up in these terrible bandages i think i'm going to unleash use my power the substance mimicry I'm going to use the the concrete that I'm standing on to um, like toughen my skin and kind of like raise my hand up to like protect myself from the blow. I uh, know that you're using your power to do this, but you're also using your power to like directly engage this guy. And one of the things for directly engaging a threat is to resist or avoid a blow. So I think this fits more under directly engage a threat than unleash your power. Yeah. So if you want to roll 2d6 plus danger, we can see how that plays out. Ooh. Like a plus do am I getting the plus one for game phase? I, I guess you're still working to save this person, because obviously if like you left or dropped here, she would die too. Then it is a seven. It is a seven. So on a seven and nine, you pick one of the options for directly engaging a threat if you have the basic moves in front of you. Yeah, uh then I will use the um or if we're like next to a brick building. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like reach out for a second, like as he's coming, uh, swipe my hand to kind of like get the the feel for the brick almost, and then mimic the text, the 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 like solidity of the brick, and like my arms will turn like the reddish like brick color as I like hold him up, and he like clashes into him a few times, probably even probably even sending like sparks off. Yeah, totally. So he like tries to stab you, but the blade like glances off your arms. And definitely there's like a panel where there's just like sparks flying off the blade. 
And after a couple of slices, like he just like cocks his head and glances at the knife and then glances back at you. And there's a small speech bubble that just says, Oh, that's interesting. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it could even cut back to um Pep where he's giving like the the like side smile, like the confident side smile. So once his uh head twists back and like lurches over you, he uh then Another uh, speech bubble just says, we'll see how you deal with this one. And he reaches out with his free hand to, like, grab onto your shoulder. Pep will slide under the the big guy, kind of, like, grabbing his arm and using his momentum to, like, come with him to, like, put him down. Sure. Uh, roll me another directly engage a threat. That's a seven, eight. Cool. So you uh, pick one of those options again surprise the opposition by um kind of like grabbing onto his arms sliding under his legs and then like flipping him through by like you know what i mean like pulling his arm through his legs and making him flip onto his back so what happens here is um i I didn't mention it but because you passed the directly engage a threat before you did inflict a condition on him and oh okay Yeah, so his response to that was one of kind of like surprise or shock. In reaction to that, that's when he like changed his tactics and tried to do something maybe a little bit more severe. Did you remember to apply the minus two for being afraid to directly engage a threat? No. Then it was a six. Then it was a six. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't apply. I didn't apply that. I'm sorry. It's I missed it too. I just realized. Uh, But yeah, that's fine. So. What happens since you got a six because you're still afraid, you know, from events earlier today and, you know, this entire situation, it's intense. You've never done something like this before. When he reaches out to grab you, I guess there's just a moment where you you tense up, maybe even doubt your ability to continue to control your powers like this. He grabs your shoulder and you feel an incredible and almost overwhelming exertion of heat. But it's heat that you're not just pulling in and using for your own benefit. It's heat that's actually starting to burn, like burn you on the inside. You know, your skin tingles and you can even smell like flesh cooking. Um, It's horrible and nauseating at the same time. How does that, of the conditions you have left, how does that make you feel? I feel like angry, maybe even insecure might work because my power is not working and i know my power can work for this yeah i think insecure is really applicable uh then yeah i'll do insecure like i said it burns your body and you're beginning to doubt your own capability of like you know maybe everything was just a fluke maybe you don't really have this covered and he he continues to grip and twist and he like looms in close to your face noticing that you're you're actually in pain from this and he says you're no hero there are no heroes here that woman will die tonight and he shoves you fairly hard like down to the ground and you hear him just taking these lanky steps back to this woman. I think because you're feeling insecure and because you're facing down this this weird, terrifying individual who just seems to want to kill, 
The interesting thing about this game is that all adults, including villains, have influence automatically over your character. Your character just cares about what older people say. Even if your character tries to pretend that they don't care, they, they do until they don't, until they're able to reject someone's influence. In this case, he's trying to uh, he's trying to shift your labels. Um, he's telling you that you're not a hero. That's, you know, this woman will die because of you. You have two choices. You can either accept his influence and shift your labels accordingly. I'll tell you how to do it. Or you can attempt to reject his influence, which is a die roll. Yeah, I'll, I'll reject the influence. All right. Just remember, you have a minus two to rejecting influence because you're insecure. And if you fail the die roll, you take a condition and your labels shift anyways. But if you succeed, you can reject his influence and it won't be a problem anymore. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll roll and see how it plays. Hella. So when you reject someone's influence, roll, I think it's just 2d6, um, minus 2. 8. 8. Uh, 7 and 9, choose 1. So you can clear a condition or mark potential um, by immediately acting to prove them wrong. You can shift one label up and one label down of your choice, or you can cancel their influence and take a plus one forward against them. Do I know what they're trying to influence? Definitely lowering savior. Or, yeah, lowering savior, increasing uh, mundane. I'm going to mark potential and prove them wrong. I guess his words end up pissing you off more than anything. So how are you immediately acting to prove him wrong? I assume like when he kicked me, I kind of like landed back into like like a crouch almost. So I'm going to use the energy from the heat that he just pumped into my body and propel myself forward like a rocket, like an engaged rocket. <laughs> right. And use the uh, crown of my helmet to uh, headbutt him right in like his spine, like uh, spinal dude, area. Yeah. You get to this point where it's like, no, I'm going to prove him wrong. I am going to control this heat because your body's still burning. And yeah, you just you pull it in and you focus and you're like, I am a hero. (laughs) I probably like grab my shoulder, Mm -hmm. like where where it burns and like where the scab is. And I just say, no, I am a hero. And you launch yourself into a Gohan headbutt straight into the guy's back. Yeah. And there's there's probably a panel where it's like the one rocket that like had launched, like I kicked off my bike, like is <laughs> yeah. like racing too. Yeah. Oh, that's dude, what we'll it's call, great. That's what we'll call this move in the future. Rocket engage. You definitely need to name your moves. <laughs> I, uh, if you keep a list of move names, I will love your character forever. That's the yeah. Best. I'm going to do that. Uh, right. All right. So uh, hopefully this will be the last roll, but this is directly engaging a threat again. Um, you're using your powers, but it is, you know, mano a mano. So just give me another danger roll. Remember, you're still afraid, so you're taking a minus two to it, plus whatever your danger score is. Hey, hey. down to a ton. Nice. Perfect. Good. Yeah. So you get to choose two of the directly engage a threat options. I am going to. So I'll resist and avoid his blow Mm -hmm. and probably frighten him by like hitting him like a like a rocket, essentially. Yeah. So you uh, headbutt him in the spine, right? And there's this awful cracking sound. And you like face plant onto the ground and skid a little bit. And he just like sails forward and ragdolls, you know, like a skipping stone. 
Yeah, he like skips across the pavement and like crashes into a dumpster. Right, and the knife goes flying. Definitely crashes into a dumpster, and everything is still at that point. What 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 do you do? Push myself off the ground slowly, probably breathing heavy. The bike helmet's probably cracked and like exposing like one eye. Mm-hmm. I'll say, you messed with the wrong hero. This is your last warning. Get out of here. There's a stillness in the alley. Like, I don't know what Pep expects at this point, but all's quiet. The the woman's still unconscious. No rustling from where this guy was ragdolled into a pile of trash. He, he hasn't moved? No. Pep is going to move back to the woman and kind of, like, hoist her up. And then bring her out into, like, not into the street, but where, you know, the public is. Are there any cars in the street? Like, people driving? Yeah. Uh, people driving by? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. then Pep will set her, on the, set her on the sidewalk, like, close to the street. And then, like, head out and, like, try to stop somebody. Because I imagine people jaywalking all the time, people driving in the city are more aware of this. And he'll try to stop somebody and say, like, please, we need an ambulance. And it's a freaking beat up kid with a broken uh, bike helmet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the conclusion of that scene is like he, him waving down someone and, you know, asking for an ambulance. And like it, it's safe to say what happens thereafter. Like the person stops and actually helps out and you know there's an ambulance that comes what what uh, get, what happens like you don't need to go into too much detail but what happens thereafter pep is going to use the opportunity of because i'm i assume whoever stops is an adult they're gonna go check on the woman yeah uh yeah. pep's going to use that opportunity to run into the alley to see mm-hmm. if that guy's still there and yeah. i'm assuming he's gone so uh, so you go over to, like, the, the trash heap? Yeah, and he's going to, like, kind of, like, nudge it with his foot. Yeah, you, you nudge it with your foot, and you, you could see this dude's, like, uh, boot sticking out on the ground. Like, he's still just buried underneath all that. He is? Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess I'll... Are you still wearing the cracked bike hel- helmet? Yeah. So... Like, I, I'm picturing it like he nudges it with his foot and then he like sees that this dude is actually like still underneath there. And then he just like pauses, like not, no, like not expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it, it's like maybe there's like a distance crack of thunder or something because I said it was raining nearby a while ago in like a flash. The trash gets thrown aside and this guy, he like arches up, but he's facing the wall. But he's bent backwards, so his eyes are like underneath Pep's chin, and he's bent at this awful angle, like the uh, the the Exorcist spider climb down the the stairs that she does, like that. Yeah, but like worse because this is the tall, lanky dude covered in ancient bandages, and he just says, "I see you." What do you do? Um. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> I'd expect that. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably freaks out and punches at the guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
there's this like the close-up of him just like with a shocked face and then just a reactionary punch and it's just yeah. ah it's just like ah and then punch yeah and uh pep's fist goes right into him and like a plume of smoke from underneath all the bandages in the trench coat this dark cloud of almost soot just puffs into the air and blows away into the wind and his bandages and his trench coats are left on the ground and his boots. That That's probably enough to like freak Pep out. He's already afraid. He right. probably just turns and like bolts back down the alley. And see bolting down the alley, you'll see like the, the person that you flagged down had helped this woman over to his car and like the car's pulled over and he's just like talking to her at this point. Cause she's like coming to, and so Pep kind of has a moment to himself to like pick up his bike or whatever. But oh yeah, he's running to his bike, getting on it, and then just riding away. And then just taking off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wants no part of any of this. In the like distant background, there's uh because we have to remember that Pep's only 13. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah. So in the background, the guy by the car is just like there's a small speech shovel just says, Hey, wait, we didn't get your name. And Pep's gone. Does he where does he ride to? He probably rides to where the hell his brother is supposed to be. He's probably going to call him mm-hmm. and say, um Oh, he doesn't answer. Oh, Jesus Christ, of course he doesn't. Then yeah, Pep's gonna ride over to where his brother was. Sure, yeah, you go to the spot and he's not here. There's someone else waiting at the bus. There's like two other people waiting at the bus stop, but Pep will ask, like, hey, did you guys see a kid get on a bus here? Red hair. They shake their heads um, and they'll tell you that they or the one guy will say, you know, I usually get on the bus that you usually hits this point like like 15 minutes ago, but I just missed it. So if he was waiting around then, maybe he hopped on. OK, um, Pep will spend some time looking for his brother's bike, mm-hmm. even though he's probably not going to find it. Yeah, he he uh, starts looking around for his brother's bike, and then then his phone starts ringing, and it's not it's not his brother, it's his dad. Hey, Pep, pops, Pep, uh, get home. Oh, I came. I'm still out uh, on a delivery. Oh, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. I um, I came home early, son. I finished up right quick and took a little bit of time off to be honest thought i'd surprise you guys robbie's here uh we'll probably cut to the panel of like just like a relieved pep right and he'll say yeah i'll i'll be home soon i just gotta i just gotta bring the bags back to uh the mushroom kingdom do you do you want a pizza for tonight yeah why don't we do that? You know what? Uh, I'll pay for it and make sure to get us a large side of fries. Oh, no, no, it, it's fine. You know, it's they, they usually give us one. They kind of is like a is like an employee meal. All right. But then I have to tip the delivery person very well when he gets here. <laughs> He'll probably just give it to his younger brother. <laughs> Your dad laughs and he says nothing wrong with that. Hey, dad. Yeah. If you're home tomorrow can we skip school and go to a movie 
Oh, I'll think on it, but I'm feeling in a pretty good mood, Pep. I, I, th- I think that's what the delivery guy would want for a tip. Oh, well, if it's going to save me a 20, then yeah, I guess we can do that. And he awesome. laughs. I'll, uh, I'll be home. All right, we'll be waiting. He'll, he'll kick his bike, or he'll kick up and then uh, head back to the Mushroom Kingdom to drop off the bags and stuff like that. Yeah, Matt, uh, play me out. Give me the last few panels of the comic. One of the last ones is probably him pulling up to the Mushroom Kingdom, all beat to shit and like with a cracked mask, at walking in with his bike helmet on and bringing the pizza things back, and Mr. Mario probably just being like, he's like, you're late coming back from that last delivery, <laughs> and sees what happened. Pep will just be like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I got, I got clipped by a taxi. Or like or an Uber or whatever. Right. So like, yeah, you're walking by and he he says that and notices the you know, the bike helmet and everything. And then you put the the box, the bags away and then you start walking out and he uh, stops you and he says, oh, uh, well, you know, here, here, get, get a new helmet. And he like slips you a 20, like on top of what you get paid. I assume at this point, Mario just has a pizza made for his family (laughs) (laughs) every night. So he'll grab the uh, the pizza and just say, Thank- thanks, Mr. Mario. Oh, anytime, anytime. I'll I'll stay an extra half hour if you need me tomorrow to make up for the time, you know. All right. Well, you know, get a new helmet. And then uh, the the next panel is probably like him racing home. It's the same uh, the same splash panel we had from earlier the morning the morning city skyline. Yeah. Uh, but he's racing the other way and it's the, the evening skyline. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and then the, the next one's him pulling up to his house. There's a, uh, <laughs> there's a panel of him, like getting the bike in and like ditching the, the helmet, like somewhere where somebody can't find it. And then him just kind of like, you know, throwing on a new shirt or something like that. Mm. And then coming inside with a pizza and just saying, who's hungry? <laughs> Is that the last panel? <laughs> yeah, just everything. Everything's normal. Well, everything's normal with Pat. And he's walking in with a pizza and his dad and brother sitting on the couch watching a giant robot movie in yeah. the background. Probably the 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 prequel to the one we're about to go see tomorrow as a family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So the, like the last panel is just like maybe even like a back shot from outside the front door with oh, yeah, standing yeah, in the cool. middle and you could see over his shoulders, you know, his dad and his brother on the couch watching the movie. Yes. Nice. Just all just all smiles. Everything's normal. The 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 last couple like the last splash splash page is to really like reinforce the the drastic dichotomy between his uh superhero life and his normal life yeah oh and then like that that's a great last panel but uh, also what if like the next panel is just like the door closed but you can see the lights on from you know the the windows and then the very last panel is like the broken helmet sticking out of the bush oh yeah that's a good one yeah okay now we're money all of this is trademarked by the way so if anyone yeah. wants this material you know, you have to pay critically a curse a little bit of money. 
<laughs> but if anybody wants, but if anybody wants to draw it, uh, send critically accursed to DM on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we'd pay for some character art. Hell, I would. <laughs> yeah, dope. Uh, that's the end of the prelude. So, Matt, do you have any questions, concerns, anything, anything left unsaid that you want to say? No, I think we're good. Nice. Then, um, yeah, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for playing, and that was good. I think that was really good. Well, thanks to anybody who's listening too. <laughs> yeah, hello, everyone who's listening. Very appreciated. You know, and we like to our uh, we. I'm going to say we. We like to share our games with people, and I think it's something we've wanted to do for a while. So I'm glad we get the chance to do it, even if only one or two people listen to us. Billions, <laughs> billions, millions. Make <laughs> us internet famous. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. I think we're good. Sounds good to me. Hey, it's me. (laughs) Surprising no one by popping in at the end here to give a big thanks to you. Yeah, you, 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 that guy, you know, you know who you are. The one who just finished listening to Horizon issue number three, the Janus. If you enjoyed this and our last two intro stories, then you might be pleased to know that we have two more stories in store for you as always if you like what we're doing feel free to reach out to us by commenting on whatever podcast service you're using alternatively or also (laughs) you can find me mr critically accursed over on twitter at c accursed you can also reach the best of us me matt at taco pete zero one That's T-A-C-O-P-E-T-E-0-1. We'd be more than psyched to talk about our game, our characters, our lives, our loves, our loss, anything, really. We just want friends? (laughs) Please? Anyone? Hello? No? Okay, that's fine. Uh, (laughs) But enough talk. You'll hear me again in issue number four. The legacy. See you guys. Superhero.